cave. It's this dark hole. You just kind of wonder, what's back there? How deep is it? Will I ever get out? Does it open up to another side? Am I trapped? Yeah, you're trapped. It's a cave. Welcome to OneWord.com's podcast. Each episode revolves around one word. Today's word is cave. Yep, cave. That's the word. Strap on your headlamps and let's go. Ooh, this one is deeply personal. Cave is a big metaphor for me. Cave is one of the greatest metaphors of all time, really. Oh man, caves are frightening. You forget how long you've been down there, and then the batteries of your flashlights die, and you can't see anything, and you run out of air. And I can't imagine a death worse than that. Caves can be pretty scary. It reminds me of the lyrics from that Mumford and Son song called Roll Away Your Stone. It says, roll away your stone, I'll roll away mine. And together we can see what we'll find. And don't leave me alone at this time because I'm afraid of what I'll discover inside. So it's kind of like your soul and who you are inside is like this cave and you kind of cover it up and you can finally find somebody who you feel safe and comfortable letting them in. And sometimes you're not even comfortable going in yourself. The first uh, human beings are normally called cavemen, cave people. That's our earliest sense of being grounded on this planet. Our earliest sense of safety was when the rain and the lightning and the thunder comes. You gotta run inside a cave, light a fire, tell some stories. Caves are the first theaters, caves are the first canvases, draw some paintings on the wall. Archaeologists have found really ancient cave drawings, and I always, I, I think they can't be the best cave paintings, just happen to be the ones we found. In all likelihood, they were mediocre or worse. I just imagine a caveman who, if they could come back to today and they're like, this is the one that stuck around? The shitty one I did about the buffalo. If I knew you were going to like put this in art books, I would have tried harder. I did way better cave paintings than this. Oh, that's so frustrating. Long pock big. Long pock smart. Long pock like sweet, sweet heart. Long pock roam around his fortress. And marry one named Mortress. But before that, he lived in a cave. Once I took my family on this trip to, I think it was Sequoia National Park. And they had like a guided cave tour. So we go in and there are all these different kind of like chambers and stuff. And some of them are, are open and they've got light coming in, which of course you see all the cool like stalactites and stalagmites. But then we get into like kind of the depth of the cave and our tour guide's like, you want to see how dark it is in here? And we're all like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And everyone turns out their headlights and it is 
the darkest dark I've ever been in where you can't see anything. You put your hand in front of your face, like a good like inch in front of your face and you still can't see it. And then on top of that, it's this eerie level of quiet. That has to be the most frightening thing ever. I just keep thinking about those explorers who like ran out of light and can't see anything or some guy who you hear the story about fell and broke his leg and then he had to hobble his way out. Those people are goddamn heroes. I also think of people who cave, those individuals who you just know you can't rely on to stay solid on a decision. They just constantly cave, which is fine as long as you know about it. It's when you don't know about it or assume that, nah, there's no way they're going to cave. And then they cave and you're just like, ah, they caved. Parents will do it, you know, like if they're in public, like kids at a grocery store, you'll see some mom just cave to the demands of her shitty kids. Can I have a, a candy bar? No, we're going to go home and eat. Oh, I want a candy bar. Okay, okay, you get one candy bar. And the kid's like, only one. Oh my God, you're so mean. Problem with caving is that then you teach a lesson that you are capable. What do you think the kid's going to do next time he wants something? Just got to keep applying that pressure because he knows you're capable of caving. My friend used to be a militant raw vegan yogi, and he went to India to meet this monk who had just come out of a like 13-year meditation in a cave in the Himalayas. And the night before he was to meet this enlightened monk, asked one of the monks in training at the monastery, what should I bring him as a gift, as an offering? And the monk said, oh, bring him a Coca-Cola. He absolutely loves that. My friend was like, what? So the next day, he waits in line to greet him, and it's finally his turn, and he walks up, and, you know, they exchange some words, and he hands him the can of Coke, and the monk is just overjoyed and starts chugging it, and <laughs> My friend says to him, Master, with all due respect, I just have to tell you that where this comes from in my country, it's known that this is like a poison to drink. It's really, really harmful for you. And you're just so pure. And you just came out of this like enlightened experience. And this is probably like the worst thing for you to consume. And the monk just looked at him with a little smirk on his face and he pointed to his head. And he said, mind matter most. The cave of fears is the place and mythology where the hero goes to face his greatest fear. Joseph Campbell used to write about this in a sort of macro mythological structure of all stories. There's always a point where the hero is going to have to enter the cave and face the darkness. The cave can come in many forms, and so can the darkness. A big student of this story structure system was, of course, George Lucas. If you look at Star Wars, you will see that the cave is a place where everybody's trying to go in the movie. And when they get there, it's not what they think it is. It's a space station called the Death Star. And this, my friends, is the cave of fears for our heroes, where they must face their greatest foe. 
One of my favorite caves was a cavern, Carlsbad Caverns, Mm -hmm. in New Mexico. And that place is fun. But it is definitely one of those places where you're like, what could go wrong? And there are a million things that could go wrong. Sometimes you hear these stories about people who find a cave and they think, I wonder if I can fit in that cave. And then they're like, there's only one way to find out. There's not only one way to find out. Another way to find out is to just measure it. And if it's too narrow, then just that's your answer. And if it's even kind of close, just don't even try it because it's not worth it. You're going to get stuck there. And those stories could haunt me when I hear about it. It'll make me feel claustrophobic because you chose to go into a cave. Why? What? Why? Why? Why did you try to go in that cave? Why did you try to go in that cave? What did you think would be on the other side? I'll tell you now, it's just more cave. Who in their right mind goes spelunking into caves for fun? That sounds like the worst idea. That is something that people pretend to enjoy. They're like, ooh, I'm a spelunker. I'm a caver. Going into tight spaces where you may or may not live, that's not a thing. I can go into Shenandoah Caverns all day long. It's got like a little path, a little walkway, but those caver people, nuts. And I think they're all lying to us. In college, I had some friends who knew of a cave. We decided it would be a great idea to camp in that cave. The way you get into the cave is... You take all your belongings, sleeping bag, pillow, clothes, pack them in a plastic bag, put them in a second plastic bag. To get into the cave, you have to swim in through a tiny little hole, which requires you to actually push your belongings underwater to get them to pop up on the other side. We set up on a ledge to sleep the night there. We have a little campfire and some torches. We decide to go up into the cave after drinking a couple of beers. And Ian, the only guy who's been in the cave before, doesn't go. We walk up about 45 minutes into the mountain. We're hiking along, and we finally decide we should probably turn around. We turn around and start coming back. All of a sudden, we get to an open cavern area and can't figure out where we came through there. We had no food with us. We were running out of light, and somebody starts digging, and I said, We didn't dig our way in. We don't need to dig our way out. I thought that we were going to die in that cave. At that moment, off in the distance, this blood curdling. Rings across the cave. It's a primal scream. I'm freaking out. We started screaming. My girlfriend at the time, now wife, starts laughing and says, oh, that's Ian. He comes up and he says to us, it is amazing that I found you because I've been in this cave a few times and have never been able to find this dry route and I happen to find it today. So we went back down, spent the night by the river, and it was wonderful. But it is certainly something I will never forget. Once when I was in a wine cave, I met this woman who had the exact same dimple and location as I did. We didn't know each other from Adam. 
And after that day, we became Dimple Sisters. And we've stayed in touch ever since. Plato's Cave is a philosophical work about people who are inside a cave and uh, they just watch projections of shadows of things that are outside the cave and they think that's real life, the shadows. And they, they live their lives inside this cave and they have no understanding of what's actually causing the shadows, which is the real world outside the cave. And Plato's like, only a philosopher can go outside of the cave and seeks to understand what causes the actual things. It's, it's basically the matrix it's like, do you want to stay inside this cave? That's the blue pill. Or do you want to take the red pill and go outside the cave? When Plato went into the cave to describe what the world was like, nobody believed him. The cave is where we all live. The cave is the mind. And all we're seeing are shadows on the cave wall. The world outside, the sunny, bright blue sky is completely unknown to us because all we see are the shadows in our own minds. Thing is, though, outside the cave, there's some shit that'll kill you. With any sort of learning comes the risk of getting eaten by an animal or getting rained on, which sucks. I mean, it sucks to get rained on, you know. Other risks like sun exposure or seeing somebody that you had sex with once and you didn't talk to them afterwards. All these things are outside the cave. You stay inside the cave if you want comfort. But if you want knowledge, hey man, take the red pill. While I do think caves are interesting, I've got to be honest with you. If you invite me to go to a majority of caves, I'll probably cave on that decision. There's no going back. Once you're in the cave, you got to find a way out of it. And that way out is not the way you went in. You have these crevices and nooks and crannies and all these places where you hide away all that stuff. And um, you don't really ever need to go in there, but you know it's there. Maybe someday I'll map it out, but I think I'm good just knowing it's there. And having somebody by my side who knows that it's there too. And we're in it together. Yeah, that's a heavy, heavy word. Let's think of a more fun word next time. Well, it just so happens that I did think of a more fun word for next time, which is up right now as I'm recording this at podcast.oneword.com, where anyone can submit their voice recording for a future episode. Thanks to Allison in Herndon, Virginia, Anne at Artifact LA, David at Barton Smart Trivia, Kat, Nick, and Steven in Los Angeles, Liz in Salt Lake City, and Mark in Northern Virginia. If you don't feel like talking, go write about the daily word at oneword.com, which is where this all began. Until next time. Me and the guys, we voted and we decided we don't want to watch the Super Bowl in your man cave this year because of the mildew that has accumulated in your man cave since last year when admittedly it was already a problem.
So we've decided that we want to have the viewing party either at Doug's house because he got divorced or we'll do it at the Best Buy after hours because Martin has a key and there's tons of TVs in there. You got to admit, you got to admit, you got to admit, Arnie, Best Buy has seemingly unlimited TVs.